From Long COVID to Bustleton Ironman, episode number 12, I'm your host, Bo Jones, and today's episode is going to be a short one. After last week's uh, massive episode, which covered the Noosa recap, a little bit of insight into the come down, the anxiety and all that, we're going to focus on the actual training this episode and how that's uh, progressing and how that's looking and how you can use data to help motivate you. We've um, in the past spoke about the momentum of others and you know planning for success and this week is uh, it's kind of had to fall back onto data. It's good to have a whole a range of tools up your sleeve for motivational purposes. And definitely after having the success of PBs in Noosa, it was one of those things. Getting back on the getting back onto the grind was a um, was much harder than I thought. And also the travel time in the car and how that knocked around my body, how the heat knocked around the body in that 10k run, it um, took a bigger toll on me than I thought it was going to. So. The motivation to get back in the pool and get back on the bike and get back on the run um, definitely was, wasn't was there and I wasn't able to get the whip out as much as I had been in the lead up to Noosa, obviously with Noosa being, you know, I know it wasn't the end result, but it definitely was a cherry on top. So um, this week has been a real tough week and one that was hard to get momentum to. I did miss a few sessions at the start of the week, sorry, towards the end of last week and wasn't happy with that because one of those things, as you would know from previous episodes, I'm really proud of the time that I put in. And, you know, if, if Clint is putting his time in to make sure the program's airtight and getting the results I wanted, I, I want to put the time back into the training and actually knock those over. So it's been an interesting week and I have had to force myself a few times to, you know, get up and get excited for Bustleton because that – um I do, I do this thing a couple of weeks out from a race where I like to get all my race anxiety out of the way couple of weeks before the race so I'll go through like worst case scenarios or I'll go through or am I underdone and you know I kind of dr- like dread it for a couple of days and and just run through the process of worst case scenarios I've done this for even the sprint races that I've done I, I just it's just a mental thing where a week out I always like to you know almost write myself off as, as being able to do it and then and then in the weeks after that once I start pumping my tires up luckily my my wife helps out, pump the tires up. The people around me pump my tires up. Um, by the time the race comes, I'm I'm keen to go. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not intimidated. I'm actually the opposite. So it's a process that I'm aware of, but it doesn't make it any easier each time it happens. And this definitely, the unknown is a huge element, especially Bustleton. I'm not familiar with the course. Everyone just keeps saying it's flat, it's fast. But you know, I, I like having the mental. I knew what Port Macquarie looked like. I had an insight into Cairns. Um, this is the first race where the course is completely completely unknown. So. It has been a bit of a bit of an interesting week, and I've I've watched the course preview. I've I've, I've you know tried to get as much intel as I can to help that anxiety and keep it under tracks. I have missed an episode thanks to Noosa and thanks to the, the sheer training volume, um, you know, but it is getting real. It's happening. Oh, I'm the TT update. Once again, no one I can't say no one asked about because people have been asking about what's the setup. So the longer the short of it is, thankfully. I sold my TT bike, which I used for Port Macquarie two years ago. I sold it like 18 months ago, maybe 12 months ago um, at the at the time because I didn't need it. I was going to buy a new bike. I had plans. Unfortunately, all of the cash flow that I did have, all the savings that I did have, they just end up back in bottle it. They just end up back in the business. And I've, I've kind of, you know, hadn't worried about getting a TT. And then I had the money and unfortunately folded the TT that I did get. So I reached out to the guy who I sold to. And I was like, hey, mate, can I buy it back off you or can I rent it? Like, what's the, have you still got it? what's happening and he's such a lovely guy he's like yeah mate come grab it it's all yours you know have it for a month he's like take it i know how hard people work to get to the start line of an iron man 
I don't want you racing not on a TT. So come take it for a month, mate. It's all yours. So that was like, that was a beautiful, you know, step forward and such a relief that there's good humans out there that he's like, you know, yeah, mate, it's all yours. Come grab it. We're sitting on a train and it's not doing much. So yeah, I'd rather you use it than have it sit here gathering dust. So that really has put some peace of mind back into my prep. And, you know, at one stage I was trying to pump myself up that the roadie was going to be sufficient. And then <laughs> with the wind and the flat course of bus, our roadie just wasn't, it was going to be a waste of time. And as much as I would have done it, I wasn't looking forward to it. And it's not how I would have raced bus. So it would have left me with a lot more questions than answers. So I'm very relieved that at the last minute we've been able to, you know, get back on a TT and get that position sorted and, you know, hopefully get over there. And the, the work I've done in the legs is, is enough to, is enough to, you know, translate to that TT position and I can get out of the wind and, yeah, and knock it over. So I am relieved for that. This weekend, talking about momentum and motivation for training, there was very little motivation. of I had a big, big weekend on. It was Duke's birthday on Saturday. I still had to do my five-and-a-half-hour ride on Saturday. Um, so I chose a ride that wasn't uh, Bustleton-specific. It was the opposite of Bustleton. Bustleton's dead flat. I went and did the sol- uh, Three Gorges here in Sydney solo which has about 1,600 metres of elevation over 120 kilometres. So, yeah, not, nothing like Bustleton, but it was one of those things I wanted to do. I wanted to tick off. Uh, I wanted to feel strong, and I achieved that. Like, it was a amazing solo ride, and every now and then I love riding with groups of people. I love being on the wheel of someone else, but it's nice just to every now and then go and do something on your Pat Malone and just know that, you know, you can do it on your own. It gave me time to just focus on, you know, my nutrition and, you know, what was happening and we got the nutrition kind of right. It's still short. I was still about two or three bottles short of what I needed, which is hard to carry on a roadie. But it's amazing insight into this weekend coming up, what I need to do and how I need to set myself up. So not so much for the ride because I managed to get through the ride, but it affected my run off the bike and it affected the long ride on Sunday, a long run on Sunday. So I need to get that dialed in. That was the focus of the conversation with Clint this week and sorting that out. And that's something that I'm going to look forward to, um, you know, getting done tomorrow that's uh my long rides tomorrow not saturday because i got duke's birthday on saturday again this is all just efficient planning to keep the household happy it's the ability to swap things around not to impact the um you know the people that live under the roof which is very very important so yeah and then i had long run sunday which again did the opposite of bustle and went around the hills and that was probably the wrong choice but for the first third of that run it was the right choice and then the next two thirds was i was like why did i choose hills why don't I choose trails? Why don't I just go to Centennial Park and run flat for, for that long? But again, at the time, I thought I was doing the right thing and I thought I needed it to, to tick that box. So I, I, I felt stoked when I finished that I'd done it and I was able to stick to my hydration plan, but it did more damage, I think, to the legs and to the head than I, I you know, than I, I needed to. I didn't need to put myself up those hills and running up the gap and, you know, doing all that stuff. I didn't need to do that. I don't know how I've managed to get into myself that I did, but yeah, that's definitely one of those things that going back in time, I reckon I would have done, I should have done 20K somewhere else. So this week I've been um, focused on just getting through the sessions, just focusing on the sessions, not going to have the sessions. During the week, Clint loves tour days. So I'm doing tour days. I'll, I'll run a ride in the morning and swim of the night or, you know, he's trying to implement, we're implementing stretching and mobility stuff and a bit of sauna work and, I'm just trying to get through the sessions and I've really taken a great, one of the things I've taken out of the Training Peaks program is I was talking to a mate about this, um, Grant from OneWave about mental health and how important it is and how much training for something really helps and having Training Peaks every morning, you know, the calendar that you know what you're doing every day, it's so, 
It's brilliant. I'm absolutely loving it. It's given so much purpose to my days now. Um, Ironman is selfish on the family and the time management. However, I'm wasting far less time now because I have a plan. I have a program. I have something that we can work into our calendar. So if you're listening to this and you're trying to do your own program or try to, you know, set things up, either yourself, lock it down on a calendar, but yeah, definitely look into getting a good coach and a good plan. And it just allows a little bit of freedom in um, the time around what you're doing. So do that. But the data I've been using, and when I spoke to Ali about, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know how I feel and an Ironman's a bloody long day, like what's going on? And her quick response was, yeah, but you've said it, you're fitter than you, you used to be. You, you know, you're leaner, you're stronger on the bike, you're stronger on the run. For my Port Macquarie, I mean, I didn't do any running. I did, I'd struggled to do a 10K run before the event um, with an Achilles issue. But this, this run, like I've been knocking out, that was a 20K run on Sunday and, yeah, I've been getting the K's in during the week and the legs are feeling really good. So I'm excited. But one of the cool things I use, and Training Peaks has a, sim- a similar thing, but Strava's a little bit easier to understand and comprehend. But it's good to every now and then click back on your fitness and freshness, or I think they call it progress on the app if you're looking at it. But I've been able to, when I'm feeling I'm in a bit of a slump and things aren't going well and I'm not seeing the numbers that I want to see, I jump on and, excuse the camera work here. I don't know if you'll be able to pick that up, but I've jumped on and, had a look. This is my the last year, so um, you can see this area here before March. I didn't have a Garmin, so I was still training with the all sorts and doing stuff, but it's dead low there. And then I slowly built up. This is the Cairns Half Ironman prep, and you can see all the way through to I think probably the start of June was when I started to get some of the COVID symptoms. And there's obviously a massive peak there where I I knocked over the Cairns seventy point three. And then if we look closely, you can see the the effects of uh, long COVID and the effects of, yeah, essentially long COVID. The internet's playing silly buggers, but there's a massive drop down and you can see that that drops down from June. It goes from June after the event to basically all the way through till about um, September, which was where I picked things back up again and, and started trying to ramp it up and then, we kind of scroll through and it's been a progressive build over the last couple of months with a real kind of intensity kicking up around here, which is obviously where Clint's come on board and the, the training's gone up through the roof. So this is a really cool uh, measure of, it's just could, cool to look back and see, um, you know, the, the progress is there. It's on the uprise. And if you can compare it, I've managed to compare that, those numbers on that progress thing. I don't know how accurate it is. It's, it's, um, it's a little bit accurate, but you, kind of can fudge that with your ability to if you go for a long run it shoots it up through the roof or um yeah you can see the gradual climb which has me the numbers there have me fitter and doing more than port macquarie which was last year which is exciting because port macquarie last year i thought i was in great shape great nick and i feel immensely stronger and fitter than i did for port macquarie so every time i have to get myself up to go for a swim a long run or a long ride i just kind of go back and go well you've still got two more weeks you can still get more into the legs definitely not overtraining being mindful that as much as i want to overtrain and as much as you want to cram you're not really going to change the price of fish by you know going spastic in the next two weeks so just sticking to the plan um being kind to myself kind to my joints and building up for what's going to be an absolutely massive um december 3rd which is also our wedding anniversary which i've managed to plan so you can plan around things if you you do it far enough out. So, um, yeah, that's it. I've been using, yeah, went for a long run yesterday with uh, Nat from TriMob. I was in the park running and he cruised up beside me and 
ran 10Ks and it was really surreal to have, he's obviously got a massive background in, you know, marathon running and Ironman events and running tri-mob and doing triathlons up and down the East Coast. He's he's absolute fit as a fiddle and lean as they come. So it was a really surreal moment that I had running with him for the first reason. It was cool to be able to run beside somebody while I was doing a run that, you know, I probably would have tapped out short. I probably would have finished up short. I had all the excuses in the world. I was running late. I did it with Ali. Like, I could have pulled up short and managed to convince myself that that was okay. Yet, running around talking to him, it kind of you didn't, I didn't even realize that we were not going to have a time. We're not going to have a Ks. And had that moment, there were two really cool moments in my head. I, st- I let him know one of them. And afterwards, I told him the second one. But the first one was, was like, hey, mate, there's going to come a time in the next couple of weeks where the next time we're running shoulder by shoulder is going to be at Bustleton on the other side of the country doing an Ironman. Like, how surreal is this that we have this moment in Centennial Park where we're both moving towards the same thing and we're going to get the repeat in a couple of weeks' time, which was, which was cool. He's going to be. Uh, he'd be on his second or third or fourth lap by the time I get into my first. But I think it's really cool with these events that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you cross paths with someone, you give someone a spray and have a chat and have a moment. And it's something that is very special to share. And it was special to share that training trot with him. It was unplanned. It was just, it was pretty cool just to run and talk and talk about all things Ironman, all things Trimob, all things Bottle It and um, just kind of have a laugh as you, as we're going around. And the second one was, as, much, as fit as I get and as far as I move away from that person, I'm still 100%. There's a massive part of me that's still 135 kilo fat bloke who can't run. Like I don't know, even when I was at my lightest, which was about 105 kilos, kind of look in the mirror and I still see that bloke. And that's something that I think it's a, it's a good thing. It's a motivational thing. So I, I kind of, you know, I'm still very aware that, I'm not aware, I'm proud like that I've come so far and this is one of those moments of celebrating a positive achievement. Like I went and ran the 440 when I was massive. I couldn't go 50 metres. Like I stopped and turned around and went home. Like running 500 metres on, on a flat surface used to be a big deal for me. So at one stage of my life and now to be able to run, you know, even though I've done the Ironman before, I was able to run 10Ks and have a conversation with a, with a bloke who's, you know, absolutely fit as a fiddle and, and, and fit. And as much as he slowed down to my pace, like really slowed down to my pace compared to what he was running or can run, I was um, able to stay in the green zone, um, in the green zone for my heart rate and be able to talk to him for the whole 10Ks and not have to stop or not have to ask him to, to wait. And that was such a win, an unexpected win. I always expect a good win out of a long day. Like you know they're going to be good sessions and they're good money in the bank sessions. This was a surprise 10Ks that made me feel really good. So, yeah, if you're if you're training or if your mental health struggling, just know you're never far away from, you know, one of those moments that if you're looking for it, you can kind of take some immense positivity out of it. And it really changed my whole mindset. I, I spoke, I literally spoke to Clint before that run and said, mate, I've, the weekend, I've, I'm, you know, there's a bit of noise going on. There's a few moving parts. I'm struggling with training. And then literally 45 minutes later, I'm on top of the world. So, um yeah it was it was special and it was great and i'm absolutely rambling i've managed to ramble much longer than i thought i like to keep these about the 15 minute mark so i think the next week next week we'll have our um last episode here in sydney we'll do one more in sydney we'll do a bit of a recap and a bit of a where things are at and then moving forward the episode after that will be coming to you from bustleton western australia to give you a 
bit of an insight into what's going on and hopefully get to a couple cheeky interviews, maybe see if Rollins is floating around and, um, yeah, get ready to fire up and knock over another Ironman and keep that keep that momentum going into 2024. So, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. The numbers surprised me, absolutely surprised me that some bloke rambling about his training is, is getting eyes and ears. And like I said, I genuinely hope that somebody listening is – you know, using this as fuel to fire them up and get after something big because that's that was the aim of this this ramble. So thanks again. We'll see you next week.